to a particular topic. And uh, we may take it a little bit differently this morning than we normally do on Sunday morning. But I want to uh, talk for a few moments on worship. Worship. A simple topic. Worship. Can you say that with me? Worship. 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 Uh, worship is acknowledging, very simply, who God is. Worship is acknowledging who God is. And uh, and some had said that praise is uh, acknowledging God for what He has done. So worship is independent of what He does in your life. Amen. Independent of if you ever get your prayer answered, you will learn to worship Him because simply He's God. He's in charge. He's in control. And when you learn to understand who He is, and you can worship Him, you can pray prayers like, God, if you never do X, Y, and Z, God, I'm still going to worship You. God, if You never give me that brand new red Mercedes I'm still going to worship you because you are God and you have saved me. God, you have been so good to me. Amen. Praise takes a different approach. Praise says, God, I'll praise you according to your mighty acts. I'll praise you, God, because you you did this for me. I praise you, God. And sometimes we praise him in advance for the things that we want him to do. And we praise him and we praise him. But we were created to be worshipers. We were created to be worshipers. And I'm going to tell you, regardless of your geographic location, amen, regardless of the neighborhood you find yourself in, regardless if you find yourself on the wrong side of the tracks or the right side of the tracks, amen, we were created to worship Him. Amen. So that means in the good times and the bad times. Amen. When everything's going our way and when everything's coming contrary to the direction we're going, we are created to worship Him. Amen. We are created to worship Him regardless of our ethnicity. Amen. We are created to worship Him and to magnify Him. Amen. Regardless of the geographic location, your ethnic makeup, and regardless of any other thing, Amen. We are created to worship Him. And regardless of uh, the different culture that you may have been raised up in, amen, people have found a way to worship a perceived higher power. Throughout the different cultures, throughout the different groups in this world, races and, and, and nations and ethnicities and so on, amen, most every culture is looking for a higher power. They're, they're saying within themselves, there has to be something greater than, than, than my world. There has to be something bigger than the world that I, as, as I understand it. Amen. The act of worship is the rule and not the exception in human existence. I'm going to say that again today. The act of worship is the rule and not the exception in human existence. Therefore, the question becomes not will humans worship. The question is not, will you worship? Amen. Today, a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to worship. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to sit in the back. Or I'm going to stay on the outside. And they're saying, I'm not going to worship. That's not, you're not understanding the the question today. It's not, will you worship? But it's rather, who will you worship? Because whether you realize it or not, today you are worshiping something. You are worshiping somebody. 
Amen. You're either worshiping the God of self. Amen. You're either worshiping the God of this world or you're worshiping the God of heaven and earth. Amen. It's not a matter of who. It's not a matter of will you worship, but it's a matter of who will you worship. And there's a second part to that. And that is how will you worship Him? Amen. How will you worship Him? For the Bible says the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Amen. With the Holy Ghost and with an understanding of who He is. Amen. When I came to the house of the Lord, I want to worship God with all of my heart. I want to worship Him with everything that I've got on the inside. Amen. I don't want to leave, amen, anything on the table, if you will. But I want to give Him everything that He's worthy of. The first two injunctions of the Ten Commandments address the issues, the issue of no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. Exodus 20 and 3 through 5 says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Amen. It is very important in the eyes of God that He alone gets your worship. Yeah. Amen. He alone wants our worship. If we cannot uh, worship uh, idols on Saturday and worship God on Sunday. Amen. But we've got to worship Him on Sunday. We've got to worship Him on Monday. We've got to worship Him on Tuesday, Wednesday through Saturday. We've got to make sure that we are worshiping Him. Amen. And that we are not found and we are not uh, taking part uh, in worshiping idols of this world. Amen. There's uh, there's religions that they they bow down before a, an idol, a, a an image made with hands. And there's others that they think, well, I'm not doing that. But you're worshiping sports idols and you're worshiping Hollywood idols and you're worshiping these different idols. Amen. And you're saying, well, I'm not worshiping them. But you clap your hands and you lift your hands and you shout in their arenas and so forth. Amen. But God wants all of our worship today. He wants all of our worship and all of our praise. The the subject of idolatry is the act of worshiping anything other than God. Idolatry, worshiping anything other than God. Even, hear me today, even an image of God Himself. That's idolatry. And so I want to ask you today, what are you placing before God in your life? Are there areas in your life, is there areas in my life, that if this uh, particular situation pops up, then God takes second place. That's an idol. Amen. That's an idol. Some people say, well, I love God with all of my heart, but I, I, I'll, I'll let my, uh, uh, my family or relatives keep me from coming to the house of God. And I'm going to tell you, that becomes an idol at that point. God wants 100%. God wants to take first place in our lives today. And as we move into 2019, I'm going to tell you, God wants all of your worship. God wants all of our praise. God wants to be at the forefront of our lives. When you wake up in the morning, like Brother Walmer said, I woke up this morning feeling fine and my mind stayed on Jesus. Amen. That's the right That's the right attitude. That's the right disposition mindset. When I wake up in the morning, God, I want to give you praise. God, you're the first thing on my mind. And you're the last thing on my mind. And throughout the course of my day, God, I'm still thinking about you. I'm still thinking about him. What are you placing before God in your lives? I, I, as a young man growing up in church, I felt like... uh, 
God began to deal with me about an issue that I thought was very uh, minor. Uh, it was in and of itself, it's a wonderful thing. I love to play basketball. And I remember me and my me and brother Paul and brother Josh, uh, we would go to the park and we would play for hours. We'd play all day sometimes. We'd play basketball, we'd drink our iced tea, we'd stay out there, we'd sweat it out. We'd go home, get some lunch, and go back and play. We thought we were going to be NBA. We, until we realized we weren't tall enough. We couldn't jump that high. We weren't fast enough. Uh, and so forth. We couldn't dunk the ball. Uh, but we thought we were going to be NBA. Man, we were the dream team. We, we had all kinds of names. And uh, if me and Brother Paul and Brother Josh were on three on three, we would beat anybody out there. And we took special... Pride and joy to beating people taller than us, bigger than us, better than us, because we play as a team. And we thought, you know, we were pretty good back then. But uh, I'm sure if you took us to New York City and Rucker Park, we probably would get showed up. But uh, we thought we were good. But we love to play basketball. And I felt like as a young person, uh, God began to deal with me about this issue right here. And I began to think, man, you know what? I'm playing basketball for hours and hours and hours. But I'm having a hard time praying for five minutes. I'm having a hard time getting out my Bible and reading for 30 minutes. And I felt like God said, you're putting that before me. You're putting basketball, which doesn't mean a hill of beans in the long run. It doesn't mean nothing. You're putting that before me and you're giving all your energies and all your time to being a basketball player. When the fact of the matter is it's it's a small percentage of people that actually make NBA. And an even smaller percentage of those that actually do good in the NBA and don't, you know, get thrown out after a year or two. And we put, I was putting all of my energies and all of my focus in, into this trivial pursuit, thinking I'm going to be an NBA player, I'm going to be, I'm going to be awesome, and this and that. And, and meanwhile, the the altar was empty where I was supposed to be praying at. Amen. The Bible was getting dusty. Uh, it wasn't being opened. It wasn't being used. And I was putting that before God. And so in my life, that became an idol to me. And that may be something that I have experienced. And maybe you've experienced something else. Maybe it's something totally different that you've experienced. And God's saying, you're, you're putting a whole lot of time into this particular area of your life. But yet you're neglecting the altar. And that comes before the altar. And so that becomes a, an idol in your life. And I'm going to tell you today, it's still the same today. God wants to be first and foremost in our lives. He wants to be number one. He wants all of our worship. He doesn't want anything coming between you and Him. He wants our worship today. He wants our praise. You say, why do we worship? Why? What's the big deal? James chapter 1 and 17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down uh, from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning. Amen. If you there, there's enough reason right there, amen, to give him praise because everything good that happens in your life is going to be a direct outflow of God's presence in your life. If I'm going to tell you today in my own personal life, I'll tell you humbly, if there's anything that's good in me, it's not because of me. It's only because of him. 
If there's anything you see in me and you admire, it's not because I'm anything, but it's only because God is merciful. It's only because God is long-suffering. It's only because God's been good to me. That's the only reason. Every good gift. Amen. There's no other good gifts outside of the gifts that God gives. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Every good gift. Every perfect gift. It's from Him. And that's enough reason to worship Him. Because if there's anything good in thee, it's because of Him. The bishop started out the service this morning. Uh, he referenced Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Some of you have committed some nasty sins in your past. Some of you have committed some horrible sins in your past. And you thought, I'd like to get that as sponge for my record. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get that one wiped away. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, Psalms 103 says, He's the one that forgave you of all your iniquities. Yes. Amen. He's the one that has forgiven. He's the one that has washed you clean in the waters of baptism. Hallelujah. If it had not been for the Lord. You would still be walking with your head hanging down and that depressed look upon your face. You would still be walking carrying all that excess baggage of the sins of yesterday behind you. If it wasn't for Him, you would still have that load of guilt upon your shoulders. But because He came and He forgave our sins and He washed our sins away, I've got a reason to praise Him. I've got a reason to worship Him. I've got a reason to magnify Him. And so, so what if things are not going the way you want them to go? Amen. He's still the one that forgave a multitude of sins. He's still the one that washed away all of your sins. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Worshiping God today, amen, as it has been other times, is still an infectious thing. It is something that if you begin to worship God, it will not be long before that person next to you says, I'm going to worship Him. Amen. Have you ever been in a place and you heard somebody else praying and they were weeping and they were crying to the Lord and they begin to touch your heart and you begin to say, man, they're touching God. Why don't I pray? Why don't I get myself together? Why don't I pray? Amen. One of two things is going to happen. Is you're either going to run away so you can go the voice or you're going to yield yourself and you're going to pray. When you worship God and you're fighting hell and all of hell's coming against you and you don't have the answers figured out and you begin to worship God with reckless abandon and with faith, somebody else takes note and they say, man, she is going through hell right now. He is going through hell. If they can worship God, then so can I. Hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands and worship Him? Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Your circumstances, 
amen, will begin to change as you worship Him. If you do not like your circumstances today, amen, I challenge you to begin to worship God. If you do not like, amen, the things that you're facing right now, I challenge you to begin to worship Him. I'm going to tell you, lives will begin to be changed when we worship Him. You will be changed when you worship Him. Amen. Just like Paul and Silas at midnight in that dungeon, that dirty, rotten dungeon, they said, hey, we're in a bad spot, Brother Paul. Hey, Brother Silas, you're right. We are in a bad spot. Amen. But we can choose one of two things. We can choose to be down and depressed, or we can choose to worship Him and look up and give Him glory and give Him praise. Because like we said from the beginning, amen, it's who we worship. We want to worship Him in spite of our circumstances, in spite of our situations, in spite of our sicknesses, in spite of our afflictions, in spite of being broke, in spite of all these things. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, let's worship Him again today. Hallelujah, I worship you, Lord. God, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We praise you today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the outflows of Paul and Silas's worship was not just that their, their chains were loosed, amen, but those that were around them were also impacted because Paul and Silas chose to worship God. Paul and Silas chose, amen, I'm going to praise him, I'm going to worship him. And God sent the other prisoners in that prison free. He loosed the chains. He broke the prison bars. Amen. He set the captive free. What would happen when you and I begin to worship God in the darkest of nights at the midnight hour? I wonder how many people God would set free in the city of Lathrop, in the San Joaquin Valley, when at the midnight hour we begin to worship Him. You stand to your feet. You clap your hands. You for joy, whatever it would be, God gets the victory. You win. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why do we worship? Why do we worship? Number, another reason why we worship is because God commands us to worship. You want to live in obedience to the Lord? You want to walk in obedience and in faith before the Lord? Amen. You worship Him for no other reason sometimes. And I'm just going to be obedient to Him. And it's blessed the Lord, oh my soul. Amen. But the Bible says in Psalms 150, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And then the Word says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. God, I will praise you in obedience. I'll praise you in faith, God. I'll worship you with all of my heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Worship is holy and sacred and not to be done half-heartedly. 
Worship is holy and sacred and not to be done half-heartedly. An example we find in scriptures is when Moses uh, sees the burning bush and he goes a little bit closer to inquire why this bush is burning but not burnt. Why is it on fire but it's not uh, it's not uh, being burnt? Uh, why is this thing just continually on fire? And he gets closer and the voice comes out uh, and says, Moses, take off your shoes for the ground. You're standing on this holy ground. And he begins to worship. There's a sacredness that we've got to have in our hearts as we approach the, the house of God and worship before the Lord. I'm going to tell you today, you can go, amen, to a mosque down the road and they'll make sure you take off your shoes before you come into their mosque and you're not carrying any sorts of things that will offend their God. You can go to different churches and they make sure you there's you understand there's a dress code. You understand you wear this and you don't wear that because the worship of our God is sacred. It's still the same today. Amen. Worshiping the Lord is a sacred practice. I'm going to worship Him with all of my heart. I'm going to dress according to the occasion. I'm going to dress according to the occasion. I'm going to prepare my heart. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to understand it's holy. The ground that we're standing on today, even in this church of Bundy Life Center on Sunday morning, this ground is holy ground. You've got to understand that today. This ground is holy ground. This is the house of God. This is where God chooses to put his name. And God says, will you worship me? Worship me in spirit and in truth. Worship me with the Holy Ghost. Worship me with all of your spirit. Worship me with truth. Worship him with truth. It matters how you worship today. You can say within your heart, well, I'll go down to the church down the road and I'll worship God over there. They don't have the full truth, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to worship God. I'm going to tell you, God does not accept every worship. You say, well, that's, that's kind of harsh, Pastor. That's a little bit uh, discriminatory. That's a little bit condemning. But I'm going to tell you, God does not receive every, every sacrifice that comes before him. Because in the very beginning of the book of Genesis, it was King and Abel offering a sacrifice to God. Amen. And God distinguished the type of sacrifice that he would, that he would receive. Amen. God was not being mean when he did not receive. And he rejected Cain's sacrifice. God was not being mean. But God was saying he was trying to teach a story that there's a way to worship me. And, and Cain, you just don't get it, son. You just don't understand. I asked for this kind of worship. And you think you can give me anything you want. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to receive Abel's sacrifice because he's doing it as I said. He's doing it as I said. And when you worship him, you clap your hands. You lift your voice. Amen. You lift holy hands. 
Hallelujah. He, he is specific on the worship he wants to receive. Amen. If you just sit there, if you just warm a chair, amen, that's not worship. Of course, if you're if you're sick in body or paralyzed, I understand you can't do a whole lot. But I'm going to tell you still that God honors faith. God honors faith. God honors when you worship Him in faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many times, Brother Walmart, through the years, I bet you came to church and you didn't feel like worshiping the Lord. In 50-something years of living for God, I'm sure there were many services where Bishop Camarina came to church and said, you know, I just don't feel like it today. I just don't feel like it. There's going to be many times you come to church and maybe you look around and say, well, this family's not here, that family's not here. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I made a choice to live for God before you came. And when you're gone, I'm still going to be here worshiping God and giving Him praise because I've made up in my mind come what may, I'm walking with the Lord. Come what may, I'm walking with the Lord. Come what may, I'm walking with Him. Oh, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve the Lord. Oh, could you lift your hands in this place and give Him praise? Come on, Brother Paul, Brother Silas. Are you at your midnight hour? Can you muster enough strength, amen, to lift a hand to God and say, I worship you when my life is on the line? I worship you. I worship you, God. This might be my last service before you take me home. I want to look back, amen, through the through the portals of eternity and say my last day on earth, I was there worshiping God. I did not let my circumstances dictate to me how I worship Him, how I praise Him. Hallelujah. God rejected Cain's sacrifice and he accepted Abel's sacrifice. I don't know about you today, but I want God to receive my sacrifice. I don't ever want to approach him in the presence of God. Well, God, this is all I got. Take it or leave it. God, I worship you. You said enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Amen. There's a the different words in the Old Testament about how to worship the Lord. Amen. One is to lay prostrate on your face before Him. One is to dance with all of your might before Him. One is to lift your voice before Him. Amen. That's how you worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not going to expound all the different ways that you can worship Him. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, you can worship God with your hands, with your feet, with your mouth. Amen. With your with your body. Amen. You can worship Him. You can worship Him. When was the last time you laid 
prostrate on the floor and said, God, I'm just going to worship you. When was the last time you got out of the aisle? You made your way to an altar and said, God, I'm going to shout some bobby pins out of my hair. I'm going to shout my necktie loose. I'm going to dance for the Lord. I'm going to worship him. Amen. Some of you, amen, you forgot how to worship God. Amen. When they go through hell. Some of you forgot that it's still worship that brings you out. Oh, come on. Oh, God, if you never answer my prayer, I still believe you're a prayer answering God. If you never heal my sickness, I still believe you're a healer of all infirmities. God, if you never deliver me up of fire, you're still able. You're still able. You're still able. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many have heard of those guys? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. They were at the uh, celebration that the king was having. And the music began to be played according to the king's order. And the Bible says that when the music was to be played, everybody was to bow down their face before that idol and worship the idol. Amen. But three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to worship you. We're not going to worship a false idol. That's a graven image. We're only going to worship him. Amen. The king said, I'm going to give you one more chance to worship the idol. They said, you can give us a hundred chances, buddy. We ain't worshiping the idol. Amen. And I'm going to tell you furthermore, King, if God doesn't deliver us, he's still God. He's still God. He's still God. How many can say, he's still God. He's still God. He's still God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the music played one more time. The music played one more time. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood to attention and said, we're not going to bow. The Bible says that the evil king threw them in the fiery furnace. What did they do when they were in the fiery furnace? They began to worship him. Oh God, we worship Oh God, I'm going through hell. It feels like hell. It's fire. It's hot. God, I want to worship you. I want to point something out to you today. The king, the Bible says, looked in to that fiery furnace. And the king saw a fourth man like unto the Son of God. I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but nowhere in the Bible do I believe it says that the three Hebrew children saw the fourth man. It was the king. I'm going to tell you, you can be walking through fire and not know that God's right beside you. Everybody else sees it, but God doesn't allow you to see it. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Lord, I am with you always, even to the end. Even to the very end. And I'm holding fast to that word of faith today. To the very end, to the, the very last day, Sister Gina. Amen. I'm holding on to that last breath on the hospital gurney. I'm saying, God, to the last breath, I'm holding on and I'm worshiping you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Even if the trial I'm in is to be the end of me, I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think God wants somebody to hear that today. You need to worship Him. You say, well, I don't feel like it. I challenge you to just stretch your arm a little bit. The the Lord told the the, the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. I understand you got a handicap, buddy. I understand you got some issues. But if you will, just trust me. Stretch it forth and watch that I'll not give you a complete miracle. You say, I don't feel like worshiping. Just stretch out a hand and say, God, here's a hand. God, help me. Oh, how many times, amen, as I come to church, didn't feel like it, but I lifted a hand. And it wasn't very long before the tears began to come down my cheeks. And I said, God, you're still real. God, you still love me. God, you still care. Amen. Condemnation may try to beat you down and wear you out. But if you can stretch forth your hand, say, God, I worship you. God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation 4 and 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Thou hast created all things. We worship Him. And I don't want you to think that the only way you can worship God is just with when you're in church. You can worship God through your giving. You can say, God... I know you're faithful. God, I'm going to give 
I'm going to obey you, my tithe and offering. I'm going to worship you, God. Because there was a time, God, when my tithe was not even uh, it was not even that very large. It was so small. But I've been faithful, God. And you've blessed me. You provide and you've made a way. And I'll worship you with my giving. I'll worship you with the lifestyle that I live. I'll worship you with the with the music that I listen to. I'm gonna tell you today, music is a very uh, is a very real thing that if you're not careful, amen, I'm gonna tell you, ungodly music will turn your heart away from the things of God and it will cause you to feel I don't want to worship God. I just want to go here, I want to go with my friends. But when you put on some music that turns your attention, turns your heart upwards, and you begin to play music, and suddenly, Sister Raina, your mind begins to think about God and about the name of things that God's done. I remember this song when I came to church and how it ministered to me. And the songs that worship Him, amen, will help you to worship God. But if all you're listening to is music, that glorifies flesh and glorifies self and celebrates suicide and celebrates murder and celebrates cussing and celebrates philandering and celebrates sleeping around and celebrates idolatry, you're not going to worship Him. You've got to put on music that helps you to worship God, that helps you to put your mind upon Him. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. Jesus, Jesus, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Amen. I would, I would bet to tell you today, if I was a betting man, that that music that Nebuchadnezzar played in the kingdom was worship that compelled the body to move. It was worship that probably compelled you to worship idols. Amen. They, they were under the gun. Amen. It was all coming against him. And how difficult it must have been to stand tall, to stand erect. But I wonder what would have happened if you would have got some Holy Ghost anointed singers and musicians that were in the prayer room before church and that were seeking God and fasting and they began to lift up to Him. They began to lift up God. They began to magnify Him. I bet you that kingdom would have begun to worship God and say, I love you, Lord. I praise you. I worship you. Because music matters. Music affects Music impacts. I'm going to tell you today. I like Christmas music. I love to hear it. It makes me happy. But at some point, i got to turn off Christmas music and forget. And don't forget, i got to worship him. Amen. You, You can feel so happy, but you know, you start to feel a little bit of a void come back into your life. Say, man, I, I want to worship him again. I want to worship God. Amen. There's nothing wrong with most of it. A lot of Christmas music, there's a lot that probably has gotten bad through the years. Uh, but something about playing music that just calls you to worship God. Yeah. You're not thinking about Santa Claus, Brother Miguel. You're not, you're not thinking about Rudolph flying over the area and dropping gifts on the kids. You're thinking about Jesus. The reason for the season. 
God, I thank you that you came into my life. Amen. It should be that every Christmas you begin to think about the impact of God's presence showing up into your life and what it meant, what it felt like. Sister Cameron, what did it feel like? That first day you made your way to an apostolic church and they were in revival and you came to a red hot altar, lifted up holy hands and surrender and God filled you with the Holy Ghost. That's what Christmas should remind you about when Jesus came into our lives and he set the captive free. He delivered us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The temple and the tabernacle, and I'm quickly coming to a close. The temple and the tabernacle, as recorded in the scriptures, was always in the center of the city or the camp. Why? Why was it always in the center of the encampment? Why was the temple, why was the place of worship always central to everything that they did? Why was it at the middle of the camp? Why was it at the middle of the city? And the answer is because it was symbolic. It was to be symbolic that worship of God was to always be at the center of our lives. Worship to God was to always be that central that central figure, that central focus for our lives. Why do we make a big deal about coming to church? Why? Why is it a big deal? Why? 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 Why does pastor call me? Why does he text me? Why weren't you at church? Where were you? Because you've got to understand this is to be the most important thing in our lives. And if you're, if you're not there for the most important thing, then I, I worry and I fear and I wonder and others, amen, is has something else become more important? It's just a simple text, phone call. Hey, can't make it. This is why. That, we're looking out. We're saying, God, you've got to be the center of everything. The center of everything. The center of my life. God, I've got to make sure one of the things that I, I do even today, and I have done for the last eight and a half months, is I take this precious little baby wherever she went, and I hold her and I pray. I want her to hear dad praying. I want her to hear mommy praying. I want her to know, hey, that's what praying in the Holy Ghost sounds like. Hey, this is something that my parents do every day. And that baby's not going to grow up question. I want if they really believe. I want if mom and dad really believe what they what they uh, proclaim they believe on Sunday morning. I wonder if they really mean it. I want that baby to know without a shadow of a doubt. My mom and my dad are serious about living for God. They're serious about their walk with God. They're, they're serious about the things of God. They're making sure worship is central in our lives and our family. It should not be that our kids don't know what a praying mom in the home sounds like. Our kids should know, oh yes. If I'm out and about and I know I'm not doing some good things, I can guarantee my mom, if I come home right now, my mom's lifting up her voice and she's praying. I can guarantee you uh, my mom is, uh, is on her knees praying. Amen. I heard a story one time of a soldier that went off to war 
and he knew every morning at 9 a.m. his mama was on her face praying before her son. He was off to war and he, he found himself in a particular situation where he was he was about to rush uh, into enemy fire and risk his very life. And it was 8.55 and the, and the soldiers were saying, come on, it's time to go. And said, no, five more minutes. i got to wait five more minutes. And they said, what's the big deal? Because at 9 o'clock every day, Mama's praying for me. She's praying for me. She's praying for me. And the, the story goes, he went until 9 o'clock, and he ran through all sorts of enemy fire. And the crossfire never once touched him because of a praying mama that taught her tears. Jesus is number one. Jesus is center. Jesus is perfect. Jesus comes first. Jesus comes first. Jesus comes first. You want to leave a legacy to your family? You want to leave a legacy to your kids and grandkids? Be a praying person. Pray. 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 You're not being rude as a parent if you tell them, not now, son, not now, daughter, I'm praying. You're not being rude. You're teaching them. This is the most important thing. You're not being mean. You're not being rude when you tell family, sorry, can't go to the reunion on Sunday morning because I'm in church. You're not being rude. You're not being harsh. Amen. You're doing, you're, you're teaching them and you're teaching your kids. This is the most important thing. And there's nothing it's going to create a wedge between me and God. You say, well, it's just one service. What does it matter? I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't go a Sunday morning without being in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Hallelujah. I've, ta- I've talked to Brother Miguel a few times about our testimony, our stories, shared some good things. We remember a time when uh, we couldn't picture ourselves having a nice new home that we have now. Couldn't picture ourselves having a nice newer car. Didn't think it was possible. But every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of us. And who is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And we, me and Brother Miguel talked and we said, you know, God can take it all the way tomorrow. Because it's all from Him. The only reason He can take it all the way tomorrow is because it's all from Him. If, if there's anything good, if there's anything nice in my life, it's sure not because of me, because I would have destroyed it a long time ago. It's only because of Him. It's only because of Him. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I've got a whole lot more notes. If there's one thing we can learn as a church, it's to come to the house of God and to worship Him with our hearts. But not just in the house of God, but also when we go home, to continue to live a life that worships the Lord. Yes. To continue to live a life that repels idolatry. 
and cleaves to that which is good. Repelling idolatry, repelling the flesh, and, and, and just pushing that away and saying, God, I want you in my life. I want to worship you, God. I don't want, I don't want to fill my life with, with things that are not sinful, but they're just trivial. They don't mean nothing, God. I don't want that to take all my time. I want my time and my energies to be dedicated to God. I want him to be number one in my life. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord this morning? And why don't we give him praise to him? Hallelujah, we love you, Lord, today. Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor. Lord, we worship you today. We magnify the King. We give you all of the glory. We give you all of the honor today. God, we pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to truly worship you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with everything that we've got. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, I wonder if we could all lift our voices in this place. Come on, can we lift our voices as a collective body? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. We worship you today. Come on, I'm going to challenge you to worship the Lord a little bit more this morning. I want to challenge you to worship the Lord with all of your heart today. I want to challenge somebody in this place, amen, to step outside of your comfort zone and to be a lift your voice to God. Lift a hand to God. Stretch forth your hand. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Worship Him. Come on, you don't realize it today, but as you're worshiping God, the fourth man in the fire is walking by you today. 